Hello, Hilliard, and welcome back to another of our Hilliard Book Club shows. This is the cocktail that we created, yes, and uh, I got mine from full. However, I wanted to make something that was hard to swallow, and so I thought if we froze it, that would kind of do the trick. I'm really excited to see whether any of you uh, made any new additions of this particular cocktail. I think uh, frozen uh, amaretto is something I hadn't really thought of before, but it's now probably going to be my go-to summer drink. And speaking of swallowing things, I am very excited, and I know Davey is also very excited too. To hey, be everybody. Hey, um, you, we got a couple of interesting things going on tonight here, Davey, and they're both sort of related just a little. And I think about the fact that you have a new baby, and soon something, you know, don't they yeah. swallow everything? <laughs> Let's just say, uh, as I was re listening to Mary Roach's book, uh, Gulp, uh, there were some things happening with my baby that were very relatable to some of the chapters. There was some right, burping, right. some gassing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah. I, the way I figure it, you know, pretty soon they'll get to that crawling stage, in which case Mary Capello's book is going to be very useful for you to think about all of the things that could yeah. go... Luckily, I'm not there yet. Luckily. Yeah, you're going to be... Perfectly terrified and prepared as a parent. Um, so before further ado, without further ado, before further ado, with ado, I would like to uh, to say hello to Mary Capello and Mary Roach. We forgot to do the ink thing again. Oh, <laughs> of course the ink thing. There they are. <laughs> hey, hello. Hello, hello. Hello. Hi. People saying hi. People are very excited. Um, Jennifer says, oh my gosh, I almost went to bed. I'm so excited to forget. <laughs> Official clear uh, for season three. We've got um, Mike saying, beware peanuts. Mike joined us a little oh, bit. Oh, yes. yes. Peanuts. We have, Leanne is here too. Leanne says we have binary Marys today. We've got double Marys. Um, and uh, it's, it's just really exciting to have you guys. We have people from all over, and I, I missed, uh, maybe Davey can find them, but, you know, people say hello from New Zealand and from, mm -hmm. you know, from all over the United States and also the UK, and it's just really exciting to have them here, and I know it's because they're so excited to talk to all of you. So, just to start off, I have to admit, um, it, it, made, it gave me great joy to call this Two Marys, a Gulp and a Swallow. <laughs> it was really lovely so um i i love both of these books and i i feel like you know with gulp and swallow you guys coming or going and so while i'm waiting for people to be typing things up uh as questions you guys don't forget you have to type them it takes a little bit longer for it to get to us oh kathleen's from says hi from canada sadie was saying she tried to explain this to her traveling companions and they just didn't get it <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun club. It's a fun club. We talk about swallowing stuff. Um, so while they're typing in their questions, I thought I would start with the first softball question I'd like to ask everybody. How did you get the idea to write this book? And so I think we'll, we'll start with Mary Roach and we'll go to Mary Capello. How, how did this come about? <laughs> uh, Gulp was my, uh, I think it was my fourth, fourth book. And uh, I, I, there wasn't really a moment where I... Um, I wasn't inspired. I didn't. Ha I don't have a good origin story. I was just thinking about. I think I read somewhere uh, the fact that the alimentary canal, that is, from the mouth to the anus, is uh, like different rules apply. You know, nor the rest of the body you want to keep bacteria out, whereas this tube, you know, it it's just uh, it's just it's stinky. There's plenty of bacteria. So we are we humans are like a donut. You know, there's that that's a different world in there. <laughs> different rules, different um, smells. 
uh, and it seemed like a very Mary Roach place to spend a couple of years. Uh, it just, I, I, I frankly, I couldn't imagine why I hadn't done this book before. And it was, uh, it was incredibly fun. It's not, you know, people kind of thought, oh, it's a book about digestion and nutrition. There's almost really nothing about, there's nothing about nutrition. There's not, there's barely any digestion. I'm just off into these kind of uh, uh, a little bit off to the side, the little fringes of it. But um, anyway, it, uh, that's what happened. I think I just thought, how did I miss this? <laughs> it's so obvious, right? It's hiding in plain sight. Exactly. But, yeah. So you and I got just a, a wee a wee nip of your origin story before we got started today, um, Other Mary. So could yeah. you tell us, like, inspired? How did you how did you come to this this Absolutely. bizarre bizarre gentleman? Sure. Yeah. Well, I, I first wanted to say, though, how great it is to have found my people, because, you know, I think putting gulp next to swallow and I've read all your books. It's just like, you know, we, we know what we're interested in and we don't question it. Right? You just yeah, we found found each other. So thank you. And thank you for having me. And it's a real honor to be here with Mary. Um, well, you know, I had gone to the Mütter Museum with my partner, Jean Walton, who was writing a book about peristalsis. And I won't, you know, ask you what that might mean about us, that she's interested in things that go out and I'm interested in things that come in. But um, there we were at the Mütter Museum um, looking to, for the megacolon. And so that's why we had gone to the Mütter Museum and rounded a corner. And actually, it was Jean who discovered the foreign body collection. And she just called me over and said, take a look at this. You know, and of course, the thing about the foreign body collection, the Chevalier Jackson foreign body collection, is that it's not on display. It's a reveal. You know, you have to open a drawer and you don't know what's in there. And so she opened the drawers and, of course, seeing these these things and the way that they were meticulously arranged and each of them numbered and so lovingly placed, I thought, I've got to write an essay about this, you know. It seemed very poetic to me. It seemed like a cosmology of things. And mm -hmm. so I thought, okay, an essay. Then I realized, um, learned pretty quickly that he had um, written a best-selling autobiography in 1938. And so I thought, okay, got to read that, being a literary person. Once I read Jackson's autobiography, which was rife with childhood trauma and a barely survivable childhood, I realized that there was a book waiting to be written that could bring his story together with the story that are the stories that are attached to the objects are kind of haunted. You know, it's a haunted collection. You can't you can't know anything about the objects by just opening the drawers. And so I wanted to bring some of those lives back to light, but I also wanted to meditate on the objects themselves because I'm fascinated just with the objects as their own erratic, talismanic, weird things. So that's how it happens. You really belong in this club, it's true. Um, there's no, no doubt. I got a question for both Marys. I like this. This is how we're going to keep this straight. Both Marys. Um, this is Leanne's question. Uh, you both write with attention to detail, and there's a sort of detail-fueled wry wit with Mary Roach and Mary Capella has these detail offering a mm -hmm. sense of order. You know, um, I agree. I agree. I think that it's really interesting to read two great writers about a, there's not exactly the same subject, but similar kinds of concepts and realizing how differently these stories can be told. And so, um, you know, you're, as, as storytellers, how do you view your, your way of telling these stories? Are, are you principally a storyteller? Are you principally a researcher? How do you think about it? Yeah. 
Um, well, I'll say uh, not so much about storytelling, but about detail. I think Mary and I have a uh, a, a shared um, taste for the variety <laughs> of detail. Like I love just the list. You know, there's there's places just where it's a list of all these different things in the collection, yeah. and it reminded me of I found a paper in some medical journal that had um, a long list of all the things had, that had been that emergency room personnel had removed from rectums. And it was like a jeweler's saw, a salami, a bottle of impulse body spray, a lemon, a cold cream jar. It was just, I just love, I don't know what it is about lists, you know, complete comprehensive, very varying lists. And each one within that list, each detail suggests, uh, as Mary knows, Mary C., yeah. each one of those is a story and is a person. And I both love the list but want to know more. And, and the fact that you, Mary, were able to take it farther. I mean, I, I just throw it in a footnote and let the list be its own kind of um, curiosity cabinet. But you were able to, to, to mm -hmm. you know, to take it farther and to, you know, uh, and I, I love that. But anyway, that I, I sense a kinship in that yeah. love I, of yeah. strange detail. Yeah. I also I also think there's a kinship. I feel a kinship with um, your interest in medical language. You know, I also yeah. love just the words and some of these yes. words. And you say should come into common parlance. You know, and also oh, yeah. just the love of reading these books that these medicos write. Right. So I think at some point you say, you know, I could I like to read M. F. K. Fisher on on food and right and Trillin. But hey, I also love to read doctors. And I'm so with you on that. Even when I can't comprehend. A medical yeah. book. It's almost yeah. like it's asemic writing. I just, I'm there and it, it's not dull to me, you know? So, but I think um, what an interesting distinction between um, hilarity and order that are, that the person um, yes. kind of saw there, but with each of us interested in detail, your books, of course, are laugh out loud funny. And, but the sentences are worlds that I just <laughs> want to stay inside of. But um, it's interesting that the, that the person who asked the question um, sees me as being about order. I'm glad that you find that to be the case. The book really is about the order of things and how this guy, Joe Jackson, was obsessed with ordering these things that could not be ordered. And mm -hmm. I think of myself as more of a kind of excessive writer. So the lists are my indulgences and just um, wanting to let them go and go and go. There's a kind of infinitude to the list that I love. Um, I'm, I'm a bit of an anti-narrative writer, actually. So we were talking in the green room a little bit. Mike was saying, you know, that my book is more like a mosaic. And absolutely, I write creative nonfiction. So and I was trained as a poet. So I'm, I'm always trying to juxtapose things that don't want to be next to one another. And so and I, storytelling I, is important. Yeah. I love the, uh, I mean, the, the fact that there is poetry in these sentences. Mm -hmm. the, I mean, that you have this description of uh, the, the circumstances like the words that, that you had an essay by oh, that yeah. title, um, sitting sitting alone among buttons. What's the title? <laughs> alone on I, alone on the floor with a pile of buttons. Buttons yeah. alone yeah. on floor with pile of with buttons. pile of buttons. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which was one of the explanations yeah. for how this happened. How the the button, you know, for the swallowing of the buttons. But just you had arranged them in this way, and they became poetry. Yeah. These very specific medical. Um, you know, uh, sparsely worded descriptions of the circumstances uh, became a kind of uh, it, it's poetry. So true. It's so true. It's a found poem. And I like to think of the different ways in which you and I have described how things move through the elementary canal. 
And when I read yours, <laughs> like, I wish I had said that. Yeah. So I think at some point you say something about the, the end part is like um, takes the length of time that it takes for the Amtrak train to go from um, Los Angeles <laughs> to San Francisco. <laughs> it slows down at that point. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because somebody said, um, they said they, the, the medical term, and again, medical term is transit time. It's called transit time. So I immediately thought of transit and like, and it is about the length of time that it takes. Um, So I love to kind of play off of those medical terms. We we just have so many people like fanning in this, in this thread here. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw some of these up here in a minute. I will say that when I I first put it up there, I, I provided one of the lists and someone thought that I was about to cast a spell. So they thought I was like, and I need, you know, and I thought that is Yes, the magic, the magic of what you can swallow. So True. a couple things about uh, first of all, Cricket says Mary Roach is my life goal. She's all of our life goal. <laughs> we all that. Mary Roach goal. <laughs> we can't all be her, but we're gonna try. Um, <laughs> and uh, I know many people were moved by Stiff. I know um, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's one of those books that you shouldn't listen out loud to on the treadmill. I discovered we talked about that before <laughs> because I kept falling off. I would stop. Like for some reason, my whole body would stop when I would learn. So I'm like, the head's the size of a roasting pan <laughs> into the back wall. Of the- <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Leanne points out, this is Leanne again. And actually, this is, I love this question because several of you have now said this um, and you've said it about each other. This concept of words, like the, you have this very specific you know, this talent for bringing out very, very specific, very particular words. And then further below, um, there's another comment that, uh, where is it? Tal- Oop, I lost it. Oh, no. Davey, help me. Where's talisman up? I had it. There it is. Um, talismanic. <laughs> that, that was a weird word. You know? And I, so as several people are talking about this, 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 per, um, this incredible ability to like make the words. And then Mary Roach, you were saying mm-hmm. about the way the medical terminology works too, this transit time. And I think that that's beautiful because your books are informative, but you haven't forgotten the power of the individual words, because I think that's really, really a magical thing that, um, that not every author does. And it really lets your imagination kind of run. Um, do you have favorite words? I have some favorite medical words. Um, I love the preciseness of them. There's a word, grumus, G-R-U-M-O-U-S, which means, I believe it's clotted and lumpy. I mean, it's it's very, it's not just clotted or lumpy. It's it's like, a, I may have the exact specifics off, but anyway, it, you could look it up. <laughs> Some people are looking it up right now, grumus, G-R-U-M-O-U-S. <laughs> it just, it's just, I love the specificity of it and that some physician, um, not sure, or, or not necessarily a physician. Some some scientists felt that their that clotted and lumpy on their own weren't good enough. That we needed a word that said both. <laughs> I love that. Um, I, love, I love frass. Oh, there's a good one. What is that? Sternoclomaster, some sort of jaw. Stern. Well, oh, muscle sorry. between here and here. I don't know. That's I, oh, grumus. We've got grumus. Okay. <laughs> I can't read that. It's too small. What does it say? I can't no. read that. It's too small. It's Bandersnatch. <laughs> I think it says thick and clotted. Thick okay. And clotted the there you go. Thick and clotted. That, right. Okay. So the other one's a muscle in your neck. <laughs> I thought. Yeah, I got that. It helps turn your head. <laughs> okay. You go with your Latin cognates. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, wait, I, I like, like also it. like I like frass f r f r a s s. What's frass? What's frass? Frass is insect shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, you find it, and my cousin Dominic is a fine arts bookbinder, and he knows frass because you find frass inside the oh. uh, bindings of very old books. Yeah, you, uh, oh, you find it in honeycomb, the bottom, the little cups of oh. honeycomb. You find wow. frass. I don't think I want to get caught on the other side of a Scrabble board from either of these Marys. I think <laughs> I think I'd spend a lot of time looking things up in the dictionary. Well, you know, yeah. when, when when the observation was made about our interest in single words, and um, you know, I, I made me think about well, the phrase that came to mind it will seem strange is that we're both interested in something like the unplumbable navel, the unplumbable <laughs> navel. Like, I mean, you know, we're writing about things that can't really be gotten to I the love bottom that. of right? yeah. things that can't be gotten to the bottom of and yeah you know and and, and that's the appeal that's part of that the is, appeal that's totally the appeal and favorite words I can't believe it right now I can't um think of a favorite medical word because of course I must have a trillion but I do love that that Chevalier Jackson <laughs> abbreviates foreign body as FBDY I just something about that I loved all these words. that's great and um I have lots, lots of favorite words. Crenellation is a favorite word. Crepuscular is a favorite word. Crepuscular oh, is a good crepuscular. one. Crepuscular, yeah. I love because it sounds like it should be, it should exist within dermatology, crepuscular, but yeah. it means, you know, active at, dawn at dusk. dusk. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it just yeah. does like that. That's what crepuscular I, I, is. Yeah, I tried to integrate <laughs> scatological contravents of human effluence into my dissertation, and they made me take it out. Effluence <laughs> is a great word. That's another great word, though. Yeah, <laughs> it was a scatological that I was quite proud of, but no, they they said no. Um, a lot of people talking about things that they ate, <laughs> swallowed when they were young, and ended up in a yeah. hospital, or um, yeah. you know, there's another one over here about uh, oh, it's pika. Uh, Jennifer said her nephew oh, has yes. eating, always has, eating yes. money, mm -hmm. marbles, buttons. Yeah. Mike Breen said he drank a bottle of children's cold medicine. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. Yeah. I like uh, the word, I like the word para parablepsis, I think it is, which is, yeah. I, I, I literally used to read this old medical dictionary <laughs> yeah. from the 30s. Parablepsis is um, the wild look of insanity, like, like, oh. you know, eyes open, you know, like the very agitated, very parablepsis is, wow. I, 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 again, I might have the nuances slightly off, but that, that was an amazing word that somebody There's, came up with. No, yeah. I'm loving. Oh I, yeah. Borborygmy. That's a good one. Yeah, Stomach good sounds. One. That's in Stomach. Yeah. <laughs> it actually, oh, intestinal. I think it's more intestinal sounds. Ah, okay. Yeah. So maybe not, not belly, unless you, you know, extend. What you Maybe mean both, perhaps both. <laughs> but it's a great word, borborygmy. It sounds like an obscure <laughs> tropical illness, <laughs> right? Like berry, berry, borborygmy. Right, 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 right. Yeah. You, I've got gas. No, I've got, I've got this other thing that's much more interesting sounding. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, you guys. There's so many things. Intestinal sounds. Okay, we've got. <laughs> Britain is a GP. This is this also helps explain why she knows some of these things. You guys, I've lost track. We've gotten off track here. Do we have we have questions? I saw questions. Okay. Up here. I've lost them. Well, I think it's um, interesting that a lot of people, of course, you know, when you open this door, everybody has a story about something they've swallowed sure. or, you know, yes. and I think I say somewhere in the book that I think that we all have some experience of a formative episode at the threshold of the mouth, you know, that made us who we are. 
And um, yeah, so the story is oh, about. What, what was yours? Mine was, you know, I, I came to realize after I was really deep into the subject, you know, so the, what's the autobiographical kernel here? And I, I don't know why it wasn't apparent immediately, but when I was um, four years old, I drank a bottle of bubble bath and it was probably totally benign experience, but it didn't have any ingredients on it. And it was an Avon product and it was my brother's bubble bath. It was a little sailor bottle and, you know, you screw the, the hat off. It was, and I, according to my mother, I had drunk, I had eaten an enormous lunch and I came down from the bathroom and these bubbles were coming out of my mouth. And <laughs> so she called the poison control center. And when there wasn't any, there's no ingredients on the bottle, they told her to take me to the hospital. Sadly, I had my stomach pumped when I was that age. So it was, a, it was really tra obviously traumatic, you know, yeah, really, really traumatic. Yeah. And, you know, should never. In the US that took you to the hospital because mine would have been like well i guess we'll see what happens yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. and interestingly I mean, one, yeah. one of the memories i have from this episode was though this the yellow teacup that my mother put they told her to give me milk i guess so she's running with me we live near a hospital she's running with me to the hospital and this yellow teacup the yellow teacup unfortunately it was kind of you know displaced by the this horrific uh, tube etc but yeah that's that's the one it was it was a traumatic wow. episode yeah Wow. I, I don't remember one personally, but I have one of my good friends, Stephanie, very recently, oh. within the past year, Stephanie, uh, she went for a hike in the hills with her dog. She um, got, got back into the car. It was a hot day. She got back. It was a truck. And, and on the floor of the truck, kind of a messy truck, I've been in her truck, there's an old water bottle. And she picked it up and she took a swig and it had been there a while. And she had this hideous, fetid taste and she <laughs> she looked in the bottle and there was a dead mouse it had gone oh, in through the opening no. and i wrote about this in my last book to illustrate how a mouse can fit through the opening the size of its head and i had her measure the opening and it was in fact i had her measure the mouse and the opening and the, it's true oh. it can fit through but oh. so she was of course horrified because it was this rotting hideous thing she called yeah. She called her physician, and he's uh, the, well, the, the the nurse answered and said and said, um, "Well, you spit it out, right?" And she said, "Yeah, I spit it out." And she said, "Yeah, I don't think you I don't think you need a doctor, but you may need a psychiatrist." <laughs> wow! Oh, Can you even imagine? Oh. My former experience had to do with so I was very mobile as a toddler. Um, I learned to walk when I was eight months old. That is terrible. Davy. I hope I do not wish this on you for your toddler. Eight month old child who can walk is very scary. And uh, my mother and all of her friends were putting together a large pool table. So there's seven people holding up the pool table and it takes all seven. And my mother is underneath screwing the legs on. But they had, because uh, this is back when you, of course, took your child to all of your friends' parties with booze. So up on the counter, there's a whole bunch of like, half-finished strawberry daiquiris and uh, they look over, and I'm just going down the line, finishing them up. Uh -huh. and they're screaming, but no one can, no one can come grab me. <laughs> so they're I mean, holding the. Oh my god! I, I mean, it's a, uh, it's kind of a whole life feature, really. Uh, frozen cocktail beverages. <laughs> <laughs> but um, apparently, I just went to sleep and slept for like seven hours. Wow! Oh. So, okay. No one. Took <laughs> um but yeah um i did i did uh see sadie had said something which i didn't even think about this but she's like his middle name that his name is Chevalier 
but they would have pronounced it quicksote in England instead of Quixote. Jackson retrieving swallowed objects because it's like a quest, right? He's on this yeah. strange quest to retrieve things. So I thought that was kind of a, a clever. Absolutely. Clever yeah. Well, One of the things like, oh, go ahead. No, go carry on. I'm, I'm catching up on comments. No, I was I'm... just thinking we were talking about the border, the border of the mouth. And yeah. one of the things I loved uh, learning and thinking about in Gulp was, um, I think it, it was for the ch a chapter that had to do with saliva and, and, and talking about how uh, within your own mouth, uh, saliva or chewed food or whatever it is, is not disgusting. As soon as it leaves your mouth, even your own saliva, uh, it becomes disgusting. So, and, and there's, I love the scientists who study disgust. Like they'll right. have subjects, they'll, they'll, they'll put soup in front of them and then they'll have them spit in the soup and then ask them yeah. to eat it, you know, that, so, and, and ask them yeah. how they feel about that. But it's the, the, the border and then looking yeah. at, you know, if it's on the tongue and the, if the tongue extends, you know, they, and so somebody actually mapped the borders of the self by talking to people about where does it become disgusting? You know, where right. it, it, it can, the tongue can leave the mouth, you know, it's the lips, but, but also the tongue, if the tongue is sticking out. Uh, it, I just, I loved that that has been thought about. And Absolutely. Studied. I yeah. think that that's what, that's what both of these books are about, really very much so, you know, the borders yes. of things. Where, how far can you extend? Where does the self yes. begin uh, yeah. and, and in the body or outside of the body? And this, saliva, you know, when you're telling the story about your friend who drank the mouse water, <laughs> Reminded yes. me of a of a friend who's written an essay about his daughter drinking from um, a, a can of soda that she thought it was a can of soda, but he was spitting into it, you know, after exercise or something. So she drank his saliva, you know. So yeah, wasn't wasn't yeah. very happy making yeah. that. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Saliva is an interesting sub, sub substance. It yeah. really is. Yeah, and then that was you know, one of my favorite crazy. chapters. Yeah, I but love you know, that chapter. And also learning about her, the, the expert yes. in saliva. She was amazing. You know? She was amazing. The beautiful yeah. Italian saliva researcher with yeah. the excellent clothes and the yeah. passion yeah. for spit. I loved her. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's interesting because it's a very human thing. Because, uh, you know, uh, the history kind mentions, what if you're a lizard with a long tongue? Certainly dogs aren't disgusted by things that have come out of their mouth. Um, yeah. Or other people's mouths. Yeah. <laughs> Well, as we, as we know, you know, I mean, I think. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Huh. yeah it's true. a good lubricant. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got to know a sword swallower while writing swallow, which I never anticipated in the, you know, that in my life course, I would uh, get to know a sword swallower because of something I was working on. Dan Mayer, who's really a fabulously interesting person. I, I have great respect, as much awe of sword swallowers as I do of, you know, endoscopists, um, some of whom, by the way, self-scope. So that's a whole other like, oh, subject, yeah. but and yeah. Wasn't he first, the first endoscope, endoscope was, uh, had, there was a sword swallower involved in the. Yes. Yeah. The, yeah, swords, the, the sword the, swallowers yeah. basically taught the endoscopists yep. what they needed yep. to know. Yeah. 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 So cool. We had a display when I worked at the museum and I remember looking at them and thinking, no, no, no. <laughs> I think they're just, they look like swords. But they used to be solid. They weren't flexible. Yeah. Um, right. Which. Yeah, I was like, See this this all goes in you, yeah, the whole thing, yeah. yeah. Self what? Yeah, I know self what? <laughs> self scoping. I know self -scoping. there's there could be a favorite word. Self scoping, yeah. The short the shorthand among the um, bronchoscopists and endoscopists. 
yeah, scoping. Have you scoped? Oh, and Lexi, the audiobook. A number of us listen to the audiobooks, and uh, sometimes you can get really interesting, like the, the 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 voices. I Mary does. Mary did her. I fell off the treadmill to Mary's voice um, the last time. But you <laughs> <laughs> have a great reader for yours, I have to say. Yeah, sorry, that, say that again. You have what? A great read. She has a great reader for the because does the voices. Oh, yeah. They do the you know, which is really fun. <laughs> Not everybody does. <laughs> The girl says, I would self-scope every day. It would be so fun to watch. <laughs> well, I have to say, I have to say when I got my first colonoscopy, I had it done without any anesthetic, anesthesia rather, yes. because I wanted to see. I'm like, hell yeah, I want to see my own colon. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see that, it. That was, the guys that like, was Okay. <laughs> that was one of many places in the book that I had to reread because I wasn't. Did you really? Do, I was like, did I just I read did. what you said? Wow. I did. No, really I did it with that. And I'm, um, it's not that, it's really not. It's painful when you go around the corners and the bends because it's, that's when yeah. the, the colon stretches and that's how the colon feels pain, letting you know there's so much gas it may explode, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. but when it's not going around a corner, it's, it, you don't feel, so you kind of go along and it's okay. And then you're like, ah, and then they keep going and you're okay. And it's wow. all over it, 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 but it was, I have to say next, the second time when oh, I turned 60, uh, um, I definitely had the drugs. Okay. Yeah. But what, yeah. wait, your physician was okay with this. Was it partly because you're, you're, you're writing about it and you know, or. Well, I I told him I was yeah. writing about it. I told him why. And um, I think he knows that it's it's not typically that um, painful, really. I mean, a lot of in yeah. Asia and uh, I, in other parts of the world, people have it done with sedation on demand. In other words, they're hooked up. And if they yeah. want uh, to, if they want to be sedated, they yeah. can ask for it. But usually they don't. Okay. You just uh, yeah. uh, it's not it's not that bad. My husband gets fillings without Novocaine, which I cannot even imagine. He's like, he's like, what's well, not a big deal? It doesn't hurt that. And it doesn't hurt wow. unless they hurt a nerve. And I'm like, yeah, but they could hurt a nerve. They could hit a nerve. <laughs> but the colonoscopy, yeah, it wasn't that. It wasn't okay. that bad. And I just have to tell you that his my colonoscopist's name, as you know, if you've read the book, is Dr. Turdeman. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. always have these great names. Yeah. I know, they do. They do. I don't go to him anymore. Now I go to Dr. <laughs> Stolman. Which is one letter off from Stoolman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is with these guys. <laughs> I know. So yeah, uh, most of us, most of us are not are not keen on being aware of that one. I have to say, um, I've never had one. My 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 partner has had one, and he actually really liked the sedation part. <laughs> he was like, "This is amazing. This is the best sleep I've had in years." It's very yeah. refreshing. Yeah, it's propofol. <laughs> it's the Michael Jackson drug. Yeah. <laughs> I think Andrew Girl is so right that so many times the sedation is really for the doctor more than the yeah. patient. Yeah. Yes, I think I think so because yeah. I was I was vocal during that. Yeah. <laughs> they were kind of like moving me around. Yeah. And I, yeah. yeah. Hello. Um, well, I this is all right. We've had so much fun. I I actually forgetting that I need to pick various winners and names for the drink. Um, we ended up having a couple. And I. Um, don't have my list. So if you guys suggest a name for the cocktail, you should tell me what it was. <laughs> I did start it off as hard to swallow. And then we got a couple of other ones. I think one of them was called the jokes write themselves. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, so 
I hope all of you are also enjoying this. This actually turned out really well. I've had amaretto sours before. I've never frozen them and made daiquiris out of them. But like, dang, that's actually a really nice <laughs> summer treat. I feel like that's like a amaretto popsicle thing, um, which I'm good with. It sounds but, uh, amazing. I didn't. I don't have the ingredients, and it's only yeah. four o'clock when I when we started. I'm yeah. You know, I'm out of brandied cherries. Me, I'm out of cherries made with brandy, and I make brandied cherries. So I was, oh, I was well. a little sad. She garnish it properly. I know, I know. I've I've let us all down here. Um, but I also just want to say that uh, given that the whole theme today is about swallowing, I know one of our. I won't. I won't. I won't out you here, but one of our members had a swollen. Uh, had a part of their body get swollen back there and was having some struggles. was like, I wonder if we're going to talk about this particular part of the body. And it just so happened that Cord Ravenswood, our peculiar in the field, decided to write a song about that particular part of the body. And so um, since we're about at halftime, I thought we would go ahead and, and share that video. And so stay tuned, folks. We'll be back. Put in your questions again for both of the Marys. And in the meantime, here's Cord. Oh, hey there, Peculiars. It's me, Cord Ravenswood, your Peculiar in the Field, going far and then farther. In fact, this time, I've gone so far as to discover a secret hero. In fact, this hero is so secret that... When I tell you about it, I'm going to have to be gentle so as not to scare you. In fact, I think it's best that we get a little bit kindergarten for this one. If you don't like where you are going, if you don't like where you are at, I can protect you from what's blowing, all the cinder and the chat. I'm a uvula. I'm a uvula. I'm a uvula. I'm a uvula. Well now, when you're eating watermelon, when you're scarfing waffle fries, you masticate as much as you believe you need to. I'll do my best and I will save your life. I'm a uvula. I'm a uvula. I'm a uvula. I'm a uvula. Gum 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 gum. I'm just hanging around. Gum 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 gum. I'm just hanging around now. Some people say I'm unworthy, not even up for debate. But do you want your Pepsi Cola squirting out your nose on your first date? I bet you don't. And it won't. And you can thank me. Cause I'm a uvula I'm a uvula I'm a uvula I'm a uvula I'm not your epiglottis 
that's it, Peculiars. Till next time, I'm Cord Ravenswood, your peculiar in the field, going far and then, well, you know, farther. But right now, I think I need to go someplace nearby and masticate. So, so first, <laughs> bravo! Uh, yeah. <laughs> dancing, dancing, dancing uvula. Yeah. Just in case we. Need. Um, actually, it was dedicated in Memphis. So I, I went to I went to college with uh, with with our our peculiar in the field, and that was dedicated to the memory of, of one of our friends who who we lost recently. But um, I, but who would have appreciated dancing uvula in the background? That would have been that would have been all his thing. So anyway. Uh, Lexi, Lexi was happy to, uh, to, to out herself there. Yes. She, she had a uvulitis, which I didn't know was a wow. thing. And wow. Yeah. Well, it's swelled up, swelled up. It sounds and, super uh, painful. Yeah. It does. I always thought yeah. if I ever, if I ever had a career writing romance novels, I wanted to be my pseudonym to be Palatine Uvula. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. You know what? I feel like this entire episode is just like a, a lovely succulent word sandwich. It's so good. <laughs> well, I love, I love that, that near postscript with the epiglottis, not to be confused, you know? Yeah, right. yeah. And it's all making me think about how complicated everything is back it's there. You know, very it's complicated. So incredibly complicated. There's and, so, so many ways it could go wrong. It's, and we have, yeah. Yeah, you have a part of the brain, the swallowing center, as you know, I love yeah. that. The swallowing yeah. center. I looked up yeah. online. There's like 15 different actual places where you can go for treatment called the swallowing center. <laughs> the, ori the original is in there. The yeah. In there, rather. Sorry, yeah. it's in there. The swallowing yeah. center. I think it's brainstem. Uh, I think it's in the brainstem. It's very primitive. And you, you know, that if yeah. you lose everything else, you still have that. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I, my lizard brain is very untrustworthy. I choke on everything. Like I just, I swallow air wrong. I didn't even know that was possible. Oh. Kathleen has a question. Uh, to Mary and Mary, was there an item substance someone swallowed that blew your mind and actually made you think well that was just dumb <laughs> <laughs> i remember reading about uh people swallowing partials like partial dentures which i think yeah. i was pretty big um it's a i i was amazed yeah. at the size of things people can put down uh I mean, yeah, but you, Mary, take it away. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. But, you know, the toothplate, that was one of the first things that Jackson removed, one of his very first foreign bodies. And, yeah. you know, I mean, I just, I find, there's not a foreign body in the collection that I don't find interesting or, you know, how did that happen? So it's hard to choose. I'm yeah. really interested in, I, I really love foreign bodies that have words on them. So maybe to continue mm -hmm. that theme. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. That's like, uh, yeah. Who is that horrible yeah. anatomist from the 1800s who would, um, he would, it was like intaglio. He would, he would paint part of a piece of bone. Wait, it would go into the stomach and it would etch itself and he would pull it back. How does it, I can't so remember. Leaving, maybe his name, mark, leaving his mark. Yes. Yeah. He, had, it, he yeah. would make yeah. nameplate. He made nameplates for his fellow anatomy instructors oh, yeah, but yeah. I forget which stomach they were anyway it was gross yeah. I know well, it's like Chevalier Jackson putting his initials in his illustrations not to the side but often right at the back of the throat it's like okay oh, I guess you really yeah. you really want to be there you know yeah but you know yeah, yeah one of my favorite not like um, 
Yeah, one of my favorite um, of the foreign bodies in in the Jackson collection is the perfect attendance pin. And, you know, I mean, come on, how does this happen? But then, you know, and unfortunately, the story attached to it is tragic. So it's that thing that happens again where, you know, you're fascinated at the outset by just the nature of these things and not knowing where they hail from and what the story is. And then that that story in particular, sadly, it was a four-year-old African-American boy who didn't survive the extraction, which was really rare in Jackson's clinics. So, and he came into the hospital with pneumonia, and had swallowed this pin, obviously, and really left me with the question of why they thought they even had to remove it. Because as you know, you know, I mean, most things that we swallow, and this is, the, this is really beyond imagining too, but how does it happen that the body really does tolerate it? And yes, a lot of yes. things can be pooped out. You if, know? Yeah, if it gets and, down, yeah. if it gets down, it'll get out. Yeah, I think this boy boy would have been fine, you know, but he did have a fever and um, he did have pneumonia, but there's some indication that um, there may have been a tear introduced when they performed the procedure, which really rarely happens. So, yeah, half of the case studies missing and, you know, yeah. yeah. The the teeth that looked like pants, that was, that was a lot of attention (laughs) questions about (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, the pad, the padlock is really amazing to me, you know, I mean, yeah. and then, you know, shoe buckles, um, you don't accidentally swallow a shoe buckle, I don't think. That, yeah, that who was the, there was a, um, I remember um, reading an article years ago about, well, about, I don't know if it's Pika, but, but people swallowing foreign objects and it had the best title ever. It was called it was about a guy who basically swallowed an airplane piece by piece. Oh, yes. I've read that article, too. And the yeah. title is, yeah. I'll have the Cessna. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's very yeah. It's probably horribly sad. I don't know if the guy yeah. died or what. I mean, yeah. but just knowing, just reading the title, um, yeah. was, that was um, funny. Yeah. <laughs> read Thomas Morris. Morris. Thomas was on our show before. Um, he was, uh, was that first Davy Bird? What season was that? You're like, you don't know, David could just That's a made great a question. <laughs> but with the guy who swallowed all the knives, you remember the all the... Uh, it was season one, yeah. Uh, exploding teeth. Exploding so teeth. we did have on, and he had the case of the sailor that people kept paying money to swallow knives, uh-huh. but he eventually swallowed enough of them <laughs> that he couldn't... That they, yeah. Oh, yeah, there you yeah. go. Great chapters on a, on a pocket knives on a bit. Yeah. And he originally closed knives, but like they, you know, think... Yeah. Anyway... Yeah, I, do, I, do, I, do, I do tell the story of a guy who came to be known as the human ostrich, really sad story where he was swallowing things as part of a, a, a show and then really didn't want to anymore, quite frankly. And his audience like forced things down his throat. Like they, they wanted oh. him to keep doing this, you know, so this idea that they, it was fulfilling something for the audience to watch yeah. this man do this to himself. Yeah. There was a, for at some point, uh, I'm thinking 1800s, maybe late 1700s, there was a, a treatment for bowel obstruction of, of swallowing ball bearings. And, and the thought wow. was that that would break up uh, what was stuck. But in fact, they would collect and weigh, and, and, and oh God. they'd weigh down the bowel and cause worse <laughs> obstruction. Anyway. Yeah. Well, um, and you know, I guess it seemed course, like a good idea at the time. <laughs> yeah. And all, all of all of that stuff in the so-called annals of medicine, you know, where yes. uh, you can't believe the things that were done to people, and especially where foreign body removal is concerned. And 
you know, prior to Jackson, just the crude instrumentarium and the way that, I mean, most people really did not survive foreign body extraction before the development of the scopes that he designed. Um, yeah. Yeah, he, the thing, yeah, the thing about him was that he developed forceps that were meant to um, match each and every possible type of foreign body. And it was that monomania that I know, you know, you're also interested in and these, these yes. folks you look at, right? And that yeah. obsessive, obsessive curiosity and um, doggedness. And um, I mean, he really was obsessed with every different granular particulate of the world yeah. we share and how it's, it would, yeah. and, and how it interacts with human flesh. And yeah. can I somehow master you know, that relationship and find a way to retrieve bloodlessly and without anesthesia using rigid scopes of my own design, monocular. Um, it's just, it's, it's mind boggling yeah. what he, it, what he, what he did, you know, how he invented it, how he invented these things and, and managed to, and, you know, he usually would have the stopwatch and time just how quick, cause you know, I mean, especially in the airway. So um, when he developed bronchoscopes, that was a whole other step because putting tubes into the elementary canal are one thing, but then putting it, putting a tube into an airway is a whole other thing and having to sort of time it so that you're, you know, you're putting yeah. it as a person in rhythm with a person's breathing, expiration and inspiration. And there would be little holes on the sides. Of course, the person's continues to breathe this way, but it's nothing that anyone in the contemporary moment, I think can even consider trying to do, you know, and yeah. it's like the age, the age of anesthesia has made for in a way, more sloppiness, if you will. You know, mm -hmm. you, you don't have to be as careful <laughs> when right. the patient, a patient isn't yeah. awake. Yeah. 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 No, true. I mean, it, or as fast, at least, because that, okay. that was always also one, right? <laughs> like, well, we got to yeah. get this leg off three minutes. So, no. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, yeah. I remember going to the British Museum, and they had the huge hall when you first come in, uh, and there was a display that was all amputation saws, just probably. <laughs> a hundred different models of amputation saw. And when you think about how quickly it needed to be done and how what a ghastly thing that was, yeah. I'm sure there were lots of different inventive minds applying their skills to how can we make this faster, sharper, yeah. better formed, a different shape. Anyway, it was, yeah, I, but, it but was for me, it was just the, the size of the collection and to see them all laid out like that, something about that. Whether it's, whereas if they just chosen 10 and put yeah. it in the case, I would have walked right by, but just the visual of a hundred amputation saws. I yeah. love that. Totally. Yeah. It's another list. Um, it's another list. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. Yeah. A type of sublime. Yeah. yeah. I've got a, yeah. a little mention here for Mary. It says, oh, good to see you. The motor, oh, it was amazing. Hi there. Hi, it's great to see yeah. you. Yeah, these are folks who's, uh, who are part of the history of um, of endoscopy and bronchoscopy and the Chevalier Jackson legacy. And wow, it's wonderful to wonderful to know you're there. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I love the Mütter. I love the Mütter Museum. I know, I know. I went there for the babies and bottles behind the behind the okay. curtain. Where most people don't go. Um, I was I was doing some very strange research on. Um, <clears throat> on man midwives and how they attempted oh. to teach birth to other man midwives and you know thought that they needed a doll for you to practice on so that they wouldn't kill living women because they weren't very good at it and i was like there's a yeah. whole lot wrong right here so first, first uh, just the title man midwife <laughs> yeah <laughs> kind of <laughs> kind of <laughs> they're like 
many our midwives have no formal education. They just apprentice for seven years, whereas I've had a six-week class. I think, you know, that's clearly better. So, <laughs> but, you know, scary. what they practice on, you're making me think of with the amputation saws, you know, what they would practice on. But, I mean, what is like bone? I don't know. Yeah, um, what's you know, like, question, what did they, you know, probably hams. I, yeah. I guess. I guess. Well, and, and yeah. you know, I have another quick question, and I, it doesn't necessarily come up either of your books, but there's a lot of accidental swallowing that happens of things that are alive, right? Like accidental yeah. swallowing of flies, bees, spiders, and things like that. Um, the swallowing of spiders while asleep, is that, is that a real thing? Does that have a word? I, I think don't know. Mary, <laughs> But Mary does write about swallowing of living things. I have yeah. a chapter on, can the yeah. eaten ever prevail? Ever. Yeah. Make its way out. Whereas there was a, there's a, uh, not really an urban myth, but there's an internet myth yeah. among people in the herp, the herp community that there's certain, they're called superworms, kind of mealworm that can uh, eat its way through the reptile stomach and kill the reptile and escape. And so I found someone who was willing to do a test with a some kind of an endoscope, some kind of a I forget uh, exactly which variety it was a flexible one, where he put a I think we used a we used a, a mealworm and it was some kind of lizard and uh, it's we put we tied string to it <laughs> had the animal swallow it and we put the scope down and then looked and see, to see what happened the thing immediately was very still it did not in any way attempt to make its way out anyway that's just yeah. one mealworm and one lizard but yeah um, an real, interesting question octopi possibly they do uh but you know an octopus eats a lot of itself and still kind of like go carry on though which is kind of yeah. interesting they keep their limbs back I, I, yeah right i've never but accidentally I, swallowed so well you're reminding me of a few different things there was someone a friend of jackson's supposed friend who gifted him an article about you know unswallowable things that I don't think he would have been interested in at all. It was mostly about fish getting caught in people's throats and, you know, especially when people are fishing or swimming or the, the, the fish seem to want to go for, for the, the mouth. Oh, like the, um, yeah, there's one yeah. that goes up the urethra, uh, the one uh, in the Nile. You're t they tell you not to swim in the Nile because there's a yeah. little very skinny yeah. worm yeah. that goes up the penis. Yeah. yeah. But, but, but I think what this makes me think about is, you know, well, is it not whether, is it true whether, you know, we do swallow, <laughs> swallow spiders while we're, yeah. you're just thinking of, I'm going to swallow it if I can. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. There was a fruit fly here too. It must be like the season and it's we're on different coasts, I think. That's really so weird. Buzzing around but, yeah, the, 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 this question of the swallowing of the, of the spider, whether it is true, you know, to go in while we sleep around. I think it's more of a question of why we're why we're fascinated by that or why we want to know, you know, and like mm -hmm. the idea of the, the 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 fish that goes up the urethra or whatever. I mean, I think all of this work proves that we are essentially porous. And it's things that we don't want to acknowledge as human yeah, beings. We don't you know? like that. No, we don't yeah, like we that. Really don't. We really we don't. We want to be we impenetrable. Are. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I have boundary issues, you know. Time. We have a quiz, do we not, Davy? Of course, we have a quiz. Absolutely. Oh, oh. <laughs> this is Mary's third quiz at this point. All right. <laughs> uh, the quiz this week is called. 
uh, spit out the answer. Um, <laughs> so uh, Hollywood seems to be really interested right now, currently, in swallowing things and people oh. that swallow things. And Pika actually oh. is going to come up in the next question. But uh, so these are questions about Hollywood's obsession with swallowing things. So oh. on the Apple TV Plus series Roar. Uh, Nicole Kidman plays a character who eats photographs, allowing her to... It's kind of a supernatural episode. Does she forget the memory? Does she relive the memory? Or does she see the person again? See the person in the photo again? Peculiars can help. The Peculiars will help you out. Mary Mary Capella, I know this is your first Peculiar quiz. Oh, it's okay. I'm uh, happy to try to guess They will help you out in the chat here. Um, okay. So and I, I, I suppose you I'd only be able to guess. I don't know, but I would guess. Yeah. I, I, I would, it depends on how schlocky the series is. If it's, <laughs> it's really a very schlocky, powerful series, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I would say if it's schlocky, they want to be able to see the person again, but probably relive the memory. That's a that's a more that's interesting. What that's what I'd say. Yeah. Relive the memory. Yeah. 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 Getting a lot of bees in the chat here, and the answer is yes. Relive the memory. Although briefly, briefly, it seems like the memory is then gone at that point. I don't know. The photograph's gone. So it's oh, a very interesting weird. episode that has to do very with her mom, okay. her mom dealing with Alzheimer's and memories and this oh, photo oh. album. And that, yeah, it's but, a, but the photo, photographic developing chemicals can't be good for you. I didn't get into that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it makes <laughs> you think about, about eating. That. Some people really do love eating paper. I mean, you think about it. I mean, you know, it's just pulp and right? yeah, 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 about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Sounds crappy. It doesn't, doesn't <laughs> good. So we were talking about Pika earlier that did come off. And uh, I don't know if you saw this, the 2019 film Swallow. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was appropriate with the title of your book. Um, in the film, in response to her stifling marriage, Hunter Conrad begins eating objects starting with what do you think her entry point is now she eats a lot of objects throughout the movie um it's sort of her rebellion almost but what do you think her entry point was was it a a marble b a thumbtack or c a battery oh wow that's that's i i love the options for all the things they suggest of course and um yeah lots of thumbtacks in jackson's collection but i don't think she would i don't think in 2019 there are a lot of thumbtacks hanging around um and i don't think a battery would be the first thing a person would swallow a marble is so much more yeah marble's a good gateway i will say throughout the movie she does (laughs) she does swallow all these things throughout the movie uh at some point but you are correct. Uh, a marble is the best entry point. Let's be honest. Uh, wow. Maybe that's just the Hollywood writers, but if you had to think of uh, something smooth and round, probably. Oh, wait, just saw your yeah. first slide, Mary. I <laughs> 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 just flew across the camera. <laughs> uh, a marble would be a, a, a smart entry point into, into that. Um, all, all right. right. Question number three. I'm going to go back. I There was not another recent example. I was like, come on, there has to be one more. I need a third question. So I went back and I got a little silly with this one. In the 1994 the other film... The two weren't silly? Yeah, I know. In the 1994 film, The Mask, Jim Carrey's hero has to swallow a bomb. That was a very... It was based on a graphic novel, a very comic booky type movie. When okay. it goes off in his stomach, Jim Carrey, in his comedic way, exclaims, That's a picante pepper. B, that's a hot tamale. Or C, that's a spicy meatball. What do you, oh. think, what do you think the comedy master Jim Carrey would go oh. with as his tag? I don't, 
been so well, I, cool. I hope that it's C. Yeah, that's what I'm going for also. That's what I'm going Steve for also. What do you think? Yeah, we have a lot of C's in the chat. The answer is they are correct. Everybody apparently remembered this movie. C, that's a I, spicy meatball. Okay. I just remember the uh, Alka-Seltzer ad for which that was a tagline. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I still think oh of this line. Anytime I have something hot, I eat something spicy. I still think of Jim Carrey and the way he tagged that scene. <laughs> Congratulations. Three for three on the quiz. Very well done. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's random. It's random. <laughs> I, told Brent, so I didn't have time peculiars. I'm sorry. I was going to do a sketch this week. Mary, from, uh, Mary Roach from your first chapter about the beer. I just, I got this idea in my head of like Pepe Le Pew keeps hearing people talking about skunked beer. And he figures, hey, I am the expert in skunk. So Pepe Le Pew's skunked beer, he makes his own brand of skunk beer, not knowing that it's something bad. Um, so I was going to do a whole sketch around that. If I could get oh, my hands on a Pepe great. Le Pew t-shirt, but unfortunately, I ran out of time. news for i have a little a few news items for for all of us here tonight the peculiars <clears throat> a couple things um number one i i had uh intended originally to uh to announce this at a later date but um since we're all here anyway i want to uh, we're giving t-shirts out to all of our, our past authors including mary and mary <laughs> <laughs> and um, we decided as well to to start moving forward, creating T-shirts that are specific to seasons that'll actually have the authors' names on the back, like it's a concert series. So you guys can get a new T-shirt every year. I not actually create these; have not been created yet. But I just wanted to let you guys know um, there, we are then therefore moving the the old T-shirts out, so those won't be available anymore after uh, after this season, and we'll we'll have some new ones. So if you did want one, you'll need to email me. We closed the shop. Uh, but you can you can contact me directly. We can we can sort you out. Um, most of you who have subscribed should all have your boxes of swag by now. There's they, we we sent out mystery bags. They had like all sorts of bizarre things in them, and um, most of it was rather gothic. I asked what people might want for um, for swag when I do season four, and the number of people who said wet specimens. Uh, we, we're just gonna have to take like a tour of the mooter at some point. <laughs> Well, we are gonna we're gonna talk a lot about the Mooter next week or next time, aren't we? In two weeks. Yeah, we are. So if you're gonna come back, um, we're actually doing Mister Mooter's Marvels, uh, and Chris she'll be with us. The the Apothewitz uh, popped. Sorry, I just butchered her name. Um, will be with us, and she is. We were gonna try and do it at the Mooter, have her at the Mooter when she did it, but it just didn't pan out. Um, COVID is still affecting a lot of things like that. So instead, I'm actually going to be live. I will be live. Uh, at the Buckland Museum of Witchcraft here in Cleveland, because I thought that would be kind of fun. So I'll be cool. broadcasting from there and kind of show you guys around what the place is like. <clears throat> so that's, that's that's a lot of fun, too. So if you haven't gotten your subscription for season three yet, you uh, we have two more weeks. You can subscribe before the end of May. And um, we just have... We just have so much fun on these shows. Cricket is a, as a new person; she's joined us, and so now we have we've lured we've lured them in, and they're gonna, they're going to be one of us now. Um, Sadie says this the swag was uh, was most excellent. Leanne wants pickled punks. <laughs> I don't know if I've got that. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if, I, if I pull off some wet specimen, I'm going to be amazed. Um, that'll be difficult to get through the mail. Wait till I try to send it internationally, y'all. Um, anyway, thank you all for being here. 
Mary, Mary, anything you want to leave us with? Any special words of, of parting, like weird things we should like be repeating to ourselves silently as a peculiar Gosh. mantra? Just frass. I don't know. Ja Jackson <laughs> used to tell people to chew your milk. Chew your milk. Chew, chew your milk. <laughs> chew your milk. Chew your milk. Chew your milk, people. <laughs> thank you all for being here. Thank um, you. We so thank fun. you so much. Yeah. Thanks, Davey. Thanks, Brandy. Great to hang yeah. out with you, Mary. Thank you. Absolutely, Mary. Thrilling. Yeah. Thrilling. Yeah. thrilling. Yeah. Thank you, Brandy. Thanks, Just, Davey. Thanks, everybody who was there. Yeah. It's a lot of warmth. A lot of warmth. Because all you guys, if you're weird, you're family. You got the blue